0: Bong, what's going on, man? After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, pop it up in the area of the building man. on uh, Action VR Network via Mixler.com. Um I don't know if the word has gotten out to you, but um, we get ready to make this move, slide over the speaker, you know what I'm saying? So, um, shout out to uh, Mixler for that, but I guess it's been real, man. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to expand and grow. So, they made the decision to um, slide over the Spreaker. So shout out to Wackle Bob, um, Mike Summers, the whole unit over there, man. You know what I mean. So you go here after further review 2.0, aka the sideline pass on Spreaker. So while you doing your one twos or whatever, you can check me out and um, check out the whole unit over here at Action V R Network, man. We're going to do it lovely for you. We got you proper. We got you covered. But you know what it is, man. A lot to talk about in the world of sports. Shout out to uh, Coco Golf who gave it to Venus Williams at Wimbledon. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a passing on the torch. I mean, you know what I'm saying? 15 years old, she, you know, Venus was that sensation once upon a time. You know what I mean? So, again, you know, life comes at you fast. You know what I mean? And she just have to understand that. But I think the most important part of that, her six four six four victory over Venus at Wimbledon was how she took the victory. You know what I mean? She was very gracious. So I think that's what makes her, you know what I mean, um, kind of stand out. You know what I mean? And, and hopefully she can continue to do what she does, man, because, again, I, I'm not to look at it like, you know, Venus was washed and, and, and over with and her career is done. Nah, she just got beat by somebody who, you know, shows some exuberance and for play. And that's all it is. And, you know, you chalk it up to that. But, um, yo, we doing it at Hard Body, the Man, Tuesday Night Live. We pop it up on you. You know it's the summertime and all that. You get ready to enjoy the barbecue and whatever you do, to celebrate. We have to celebrate, and I'm saying? So hope you do it safely and all that. But we're in the building, man. Live and direct right here. Nine five four two four six zero three nine eight is the map. If you want to get in, activities, the festivities. We're gonna to talk to NFC North. We're gonna to talk to AFC. Um, nah, we're gonna to talk to NFC West and the AFC West. My bad. You know what I mean. Um, no early football talk in the building. To um, so baseball, Yankees over in London, played two games at the Boston Red Sox. To me, it's like a whole bunch of scientific explanations where it could possibly be true because that's the era we live in. You know what I mean? But I just look at it as, you know, 50 runs scored in two games. Uh, pitchers who were on the mound, Tanaka's, the Porcellos, you know what I mean? Those guys are usually, you know, um, you know they usually all pissed like that. You know, six it's runs the in the first in between both teams, 12 runs in the first inning is crazy. You know what I mean? And um, the balls are just fried all over the place. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, you talk about people who don't like baseball, right? They'll say it's boring. They won't, you know, watch a one-to-nothing game. You know, they'd rather watch some action. Well, you got all the action that you needed in the Boston Red Sox and the Yankees two games set over in London. So to me, now, are you interested in baseball now? Or, you know what I mean? Because oh, you, you get games like that. You know, but to me, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, and both games were crazy. You know, the pitching was really garbage. They want to attribute it to. Um, you know, how the the ball didn't really move and the air and how the stadium was built and all that. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, bad pitching is bad pitching, you know, and both teams had it, you know? So again, man, um, Yankees did what they have to do. They're doing what they do, man. Um, all-star game coming up actually next Tuesday night, all-star game. So we're going to get into that. Um, Yeah. Shout out to the uh, United States women's soccer team. Did their number today against England. You know, moved on to the final. You know what I mean? Shout out to them. And um, going down, man. So the ladies is doing their numbers, man. Shout out to the WNBA and all of that, man. So respect. So yeah, man. It's a lot to get into, man. Um, I want to get into the NBA free agency thing. And I'm going to set that off because I got some things I want to say about that. Now, all of a sudden, we know, we know, we know Kevin Durant is going to take his talents to Flatbush and play for the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm not mad at that. And I'm actually happy for the guy. You know what I mean? Um, he's good enough and his career has been established enough to even get, uh, you know, a, a big contract with like that, you know, sight unseen. You know, or you're living on what you did not what you're going to do. So, um, I think that it's it's a power move for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, um, they, they did what they needed to do. And, um, they gave Kevin Durant the money that he was looking for because, uh, Jim Dolan was not going to give Kevin Durant the max. And I wouldn't have gave it to him either. I don't pay max money for damaged goods. I'm sorry. I can't do it. So when the report came that, I uh, totally wanted to look at the meta- medical reports. I wasn't mad at that. You know what I mean? It's what you do. You're not going to buy something that's, you know, you, you don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. You're not going to do that. So, again, they didn't want to offer him max money. He didn't want to accept it, so he moved across the bridge. I'm not mad at that. You know what I'm saying? But this is what I have been saying in reaction to Kevin Durant going to um, Brooklyn Nets to join Kyrie Irving. DeAndre Jordan, and I think that the Brooklyn Nets paid $164 million for a lounge share, straight like that, that's all they get right, and then you get Kevin Durant it's going to take him a year to get right then the pressure is going to really be on, because I, I don't know what the Brooklyn fans are talking about, are they talking title, or are they just talking about contention, see, because now you've got to come back to reality, you know what I mean, all the smoke is cleared all the party goers have left. You know what I'm saying? You was blowing your horn and all that. Now it's time to face reality. Seeing what's going on over there out west. Without Kevin Durant, and you seriously considering a title run? I- I'm not seeing that. And then you're not even considering what's getting ready to go on in the east So what's popping in the east. And you see what the Indiana Pacers did. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So, again... Um, I think that the Brooklyn Nets and their fans, and, and you can free to call in, man nine five four two four six zero three nine eight. A lot of people jumping out the window, talking about the Brooklyn Nets. What are they going to do exactly? What exactly are they going to do? Toronto, which is not going to be a slouch with or without Kyrie. Milwaukee got the MVP. He's mad. They lost Malcolm Brogdon, but that's okay. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I think that the East is going to be a problem. And like I said last year, this is the season that we was, you know, looking forward to after all the, the um, pieces have landed uh, uh, allegedly because the moratorium is over on the 6th. So once the 6th arrives and everybody, you know, gets their paperwork done and all that, that's when we can really officially talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that is cool, man. Everybody landed where they wanted to land. You know, uh, Kemba Walker, he wanted to go to Boston, and I think he's going to be the point guard that Ke- uh, uh, Kyrie should have been. And you know, he you know, went to the University of Connecticut. You know me, and um, he's from the Bronx, so he's going to be his element. So I think that um, you know, Kemba Walker and, and, and Jalen Brown and, and those guys, Jason Tatum and, and and those guys, Gordon Hayward. I think you know they might have something. You know that they got them somebody that wants to play with them. You know what I'm saying? So, again, um, Kevin Walker going to Boston is is a good thing to me. You know, um, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get to the Knicks, man. I'm going to get to the Knicks. Don't get it twisted. I'm going to get to the Knicks. Um, I think that, you know, whatever happens, you know, after today or after free agency starts, and there's some free agency that that is still out there. Nobody's trying to rock with DeMarcus Cousins. You know, so there's still free agencies out there. And, and, and again, man, um, you know, Summer League is, is underway already, and uh, we're going to see, you know, how these things develop, man. And again, like I said, I think 2019, 2020 in the NBA is going to be very, very interesting. And I don't think people are going to remember 2018, nineteen. I don't see people are talking about it. You know, I think, you know, like I said, the whole season was a tax write off, man. Nobody, you know, we got a tax write off champion in the whole nine. You know, nobody's talking about oh, Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. No. Nope. Nobody's nobody's doing that. You know what I'm saying? So again, man, um, you know, whatever happens, you know, happens. However you do it, do it. But um the Knicks I think Knicks, you know, the Knicks came off. They signed a bunch of people, you know what I mean, to to uh team option, you know uh those contracts. So they can, you know, eventually flip them or turn them into something else. You know, they don't got to keep those guys, you know what I mean? Um, but I think I like the um, acquisition of uh, Julius Randle, you know. Um, he's going to bring some, 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 you know, some toughness to the squad. He's coming off his best NBA season um, this past season. So I don't know, man. I think that whatever happens, you know, in this free agency, these teams got, you know, get their money's worth, you know, and we'll see. Um, LeBron and and his situation with Anthony Davis, they're still waiting on the decision from Kawhi Leonard to see what he's going to do. I think that, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this ahead of the curve, Wacko Bob. You know how we give it up, man. I'm going to say this. If Kawhi Leonard, decides to link up with the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know what? They should win 75 games from the door. They should win 75 games because all the, all, all the hoopla is going to be on them. They're going to be on TV every night. They're expected to win every game out the box. So this team needs to win 75 games. And then after that, there's no need to talk about them until June, until we get to the finals. That's where they are going to run through the West, right? And then whoever they play in the East, then we just wait for that. That's how I feel about it. If Kawhi Leonard you know, links up with the Los Angeles Lakers, what, what are you playing the games? for?
1: Yeah. What do you play the game for? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, yeah, that that's going to depend. You know, it, you know, can can they maneuver this one to make this one happen? Is Kawhi listening to other offers? I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot on the table here. You know, and a big, the big part of me doesn't believe that the uh, Lakers will get this one. Could be wrong, but uh, you know, Kawhi is going to be is it will be big for a LeBron Lakers team. But uh, yeah, I. Ain't, Look at how many teams, you know, some teams I think are doing, are going to be doing better than, than others, you know, because they got players and they're not surrounded around certain, you know, certain things, you know, and they're turning their team into a machine, you know, because they're not surrounding their players around two or three players, you know, because the entire team works as one, you know, I mean, that's, I think, what a lot of them need to look for. Look for good players, don't look, don't just look for. Stars. Well, I mean, you know what?
0: I think that you know you gotta you gotta look for kind of look for both. But I think you know some teams, like you said, you know, are looking more for the stars than the good players. You know what I mean? Um, they want to you know, and, and then you've got the good players that want to all join together. And I think that um, you know it might be a good thing, and then it might be a bad thing. So, do you want? To have a dominant team, are they looking for the next dynasty? Because I think that you know the NBA is kind of you know caught up in its own hype, where it's got to have a team that you know wins and dominates every year. You know what I mean? You're not allowed to have parity in the NBA. I- I'm not a believer in that because you saw what happened this year. You know what I mean? So again, I think that um you know you-, you you know I'm not against putting together a super team, but if you're a super team, you're supposed to win from the door, and there's no excuses. There's no excuses for you, and I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? I'm one of those, and and I'm with it if that's what you want to do. But you got to take the pressure that comes with that. you got all these superstar guys. You didn't get all these superstar guys to play with you to to not win that NBA title. You know it just like I know it. So why am I going to sit back and pretend that you're not going to run through the West? That That it's going to be a challenge for you? That you're not going to finish first with home court advantage? Why should I sit back and believe that? But you got all these guys. You really shouldn't lose no games. That's what you wanted. You wanted the, the, the top dogs, three of the top five players in the league playing on the same team. Come on, yo. And, and, and you're supposed to win 75 games straight like that. No problem. Because that's what you signed up for. There's no competition. Everybody else has fell off now because that happens. It's going to be all about the Lakers. I'm telling you, and I'm not really going to buy into it. I'm not going to pay no attention to it. All these Laker fans are going to come out with Woodworks. I'm not going to pay no attention to it because it is what it is. Just wait till we get to the finals. Let's get to the finals. And then we'll talk about it. This is where you're supposed to be. The finals.
2: Okay. We're waiting now. For- and, it's,
0: and it's that simple, man. And, um, Another thing man, Ben Simmons getting hundred and seventy million dollars from the sixers that's crazy i mean i i, I can't I, I you know it ain't my money, you know what I'm saying, but I wouldn't have did that you know um even though the sixers you know they signed al Horford you know um you know they they was you know um signed you know somebody that could help them with you know what with their bigger pro- biggest problems were in the playoffs man they were just really giving up points. When you know Joel and B was off the floor, so um, and Al Horford, you get a, a stretch four five who could you know play next to NB, you know what I mean? In a, a front court that's gonna dominate on both both ends, you know. And you know again, um, Horford could play the five when NB is on the bench or he's you know getting you know getting the day off or whatever, you know. Um, I think you know, um, the Sixers lost two starters, Jimmy Butler and JJ Reddick. You know, but I think the Sixers kind of got better. You know, um, the Sixers' defenses should be dominant. You know, um, um, not just because they got um, the homie Al Horford, but they also got Josh Richardson and that, um, Butler signing trade with Miami Heat. So he's going to play defense. That's his thing. So I think that, you know, the Sixers, you know, improved their defense, what they needed to do. And, um, you know, you can't be mad at what they did. You know, so again, you know, Jimmy Butler – Turned into that, so you can't be mad at what the Sixers did, man. Um, everybody's talking about Utah. You know, um, they got Mike Conley. You know what I mean? You put him next to Donovan Mitchell. Um, then they just got Bogdan Bogdanovich. They got him from the Pacers. Excuse, I think they got him from the Pacers. Yeah, and um, I think you know everybody's liking this team in the West. Um, I think they added you know some scoring. Um, I think now they got a point that's going to really do his job. No disrespect to what was going on out there, you know what I mean? But I think Mike Conley is that, that, that point guard that can really help Utah get over the top. And, um, you know, Bogdanovich is going to be a real big help for them. So you got to watch, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about Utah. Um, you know, I think, you know, Golden State Warriors giving D'Angelo Russell million for four years. It's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, D'Angelo was an all-star last year. I mean, you know, he was an injury replacement, but nevertheless, he was an all-star. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he can play, but he plays no defense. So I think that um, having D'Angelo Russell and Steph Curry in the same backcourt would be a defensive disaster. It would be like having nobody back there. I mean, um, he's going to put up numbers. He averaged, you know, 21 and 7 assists, you know what I mean, when he was playing with Brooklyn. But I think, you know, you got to look at it, is is D'Angelo Russell going to help the Golden State Warriors win? You know what I mean? Because you know he's a ball-dominant point guard, and Golden State plays a share-the-ball philosophy. So I don't know, man. um, If D'Angelo decides to hang around and they keep him, you know – I think, you know, D'Angelo Russell could play the two, you know, and, and Clay Thompson could play the three after, you know, Clay comes back from the ACL. Or what I think is going to happen, the Warriors are going to flip D'Angelo Russell. So I think, you know, again, whatever it is, he's not going to be there long. Um, they're going to try to work out something for him. And, um, you know, Golden said, I don't think they're going to fall apart. Like everybody says they are. I just think that, you know, people went crazy because Kevin Durant finally picked the team and it wasn't Golden State. I think everybody just went crazy. And the injury changes the whole scenario on that. You know what I mean? If, if, if he was right, I think Dolan would have gave him the money. It would have been no problem. So that's why I'm really not beat for that. I wouldn't have paid for that either. So I'm not really mad at James Dolan. Like Stephen A. Smith and all these clowns going berserk. Why are you yelling and screaming for him? You know what I'm saying? That's that man's breath. You know, he didn't really do nothing wrong to, to set the New York Knicks back. He saw what I saw. He saw what you saw. Man, is good. You don't know what that man's going to be like when he comes off that injury. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I, I, I'm not mad at James Thorn at all. And I'm mad, and, and, and I'm kind of good at what we got. So, again, we're going to get better. You know, we're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? But I think that people was really, really jumping out the window with this Brooklyn Nets thing. And they got Kevin Durant. Like he's gonna play for them next year, you know, and you know it does is, is what it And is. We're gonna see what Kyrie does in, in his situation now. that He has to be that squad, you know what I mean? Without you know having Kevin Durant, and yeah, I, I was dead serious what I said, you know what I mean? Brooklyn Nets paid for a lounge chair, and it just is what it is, you know. Um, but I think that um, some teams are gonna you know work it out, like Bob said, you know it's gonna make some some teams better. Um, but you know, championship everybody's going to be chasing it. And just like I told you, this year is going to be the year where, you know, we're going to see what it is. You know, LeBron is trying to stack up, you know, and, um, everybody else is trying to make their moves. You know, um, I think that, you know, the Knicks, when they got, you know, Bobby Portis, um, I think that I'm going to enjoy watching him next year. He, He plays aggressive offense. You know what I mean? Um, 36 minutes uh, a game, 19.7 points, 11 rebounds, shooting 39% from the three-point line. You know, Um, he's going to get some minutes. So hopefully, you know, he can step his defensive game up. But he's young. He's just 24 years old. You know what I mean? And, And he's in New York now. He's going to have some responsibility. And he's going to be able to contribute to, you know, a rebuild. So, Hopefully he can get it together and, and really be that dude, man. Two years at thirty one million dollars for Bobby Porter's. Um, I think that you know people talk about Utah. I think um, Ed Davis was is, is going to be an under the radar pick. Um, Davis is a, a, a really steady rebounder. You know, seventeen over seventeen rebounds a game, and a spark plugs off the bench. Um, he's a good defender. And he's going to be active as a reserve. He doesn't really have much on the offensive side, outside of just, you know, kind of put backs. But he'll help set up plays, you know what I'm saying, as far as set screens and stuff like that. But I think that, um, you know, he's going to definitely help the Utah Jazz. So I think the Jazz have, you know, you know made the improvements that they needed to really, you know, kind of like step their game up as far as next year in, in the um, uh, Western, in the Western Conference, man as far as the NBA is concerned. Um, you know, I want to see, and I'm, and I'm kind of like, you know, anxious to see what the Denver Nuggets going to look like. You know, they're um, they, they, they going to get their man back. You know, Michael Porter Jr., they're going to get him back. And um, we're going to see how much better that they're going to be. So the West, I think, is still going to be competitive. It might just be some, diff- some different teams. You know some teams that you're not used to talking about, Um, and we'll see what it is, man. San Antonio, they're probably going to say, "Yo, don't forget about us. We're still in the building." You know what I mean? Houston Rockets, you know they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, I think they re up with Daryl Green. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to you know make some things happen. They got Jimmy Butler, I believe. Um, No, Jimmy Butler with the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler with the Miami. So um, again, Houston Rockets got to figure out what they got to do. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's still going down. Everybody's waiting for Kawhi Leonard and what decision he's going to make. I think it's down to the Lakers and the Toronto Raptors. So we'll see what it is, man. Um, we're going to take a pause. the course, this is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the side pass. You've got the Subway Series popping right now. Yankees and the Mets getting in on the city field. All right, this is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the side pass. I'm going to talk to you on the other side, one.
3: is open daily. Ride the wave into cool summertime family fun. From the Lazy Lagoon to the Dragon Slide, the new Wave Pool to the Dive of the Avalanche, there's something for everyone. Purchase your season pass now for only $63.95. Includes daily admission, locker and tube discounts, special meal deals, and one free day pass. Order online at waterworkspark.com.
4: Your summertime happy place is... Waterworks Park! The coolest place in Ready.
1: My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good.
2: If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com.
5: Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you are an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic related products, services and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic, so visit Nelson at his site at www.AquariumAuctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.Facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions.
6: becoming a professional wrestler then what are you waiting for join the pcw work farm now quality instructors live monthly shows classes every wednesdays and sundays and with the most affordable rates in the united states pcw has been northern california's number one force in sports entertainment for the last 17 years pro championship wrestling because it's time
7: Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880, located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863 294 for skis watch and clock.
5: Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime: Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-541. Four, six, five, seven, or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography Much of her work is displayed there Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography
8: This is our time We play without limits We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time.
4: One, two, three.
8: Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com.
0: In their face and all that. Um, you can get at me, man, on Twitter at RMDesk, left-handed in the building. Um, I want to shout out my people over there at um, No Knock Radio, my man. Call them fresh, one, two, five. My man, Rockabash. Check us out, man. Weekends, we in the building, man. I, No Knock Radio, we in the house doing what we do. I'm over there talking about my sports thing. Shout out to my man, Star. Uh, he let me do my thing last night. I got on his show and, um, Talked about NBA free agency, man. And, you know, I spit it like I spit it, man. I got no time for a bunch of, you know, nonsense and, and beating around the bush and trying to appease. I ain't got to appease nobody. I just say how I say it. And it is what it is, man. Get at me, man. We're in the building all the time. So check me out. Um, but, yeah, man, right now we're getting into the baseball thing, man. You know, Yankees and the Mets doing their thing. Over at City Field, man, Subway Series, man. Um, Yankees just came back from London and all of that. Um, you know, Yankees won through 13 out of the last 14 games. It is what it is. Now, even with you know the injury thing, you know being a major part of the season, we still done work. You know, offensively, this team is a beast. You know what I mean? Um, and once the break comes up, you know we'll see what happens. You know, and after the break is going to be the most important part because you got to keep that momentum going. You know what I mean? And and again, as a Yankee fan, um, it's, it doesn't really matter what we do in July. It doesn't matter. All that matters is what happens in October. That's what we're at with it. You know, so we're enjoying the season, enjoying the ride. Not surprised because we knew this team was going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, again, you know, I got the Yankees winning the World Series. That's my team. But I think that, um, you know, I had to win it last year, but some things happened. But this year, you know, we're going to be all right. You know, and um, I just like what I'm doing right now with my squad. Um, the Dodgers, man, I, I think um – um Go ahead. Yeah, the Dodgers. Man, um, I think uh, you know they went on a road trip recently. They was three or four. You know they kind of calmed down a little bit. But um, you know, I every mean, you know, it's it's, it's it's you can use that excuse. It's a marathon now. You know what I mean. You'll find a patch in the season when you're not playing particularly well. You know what I mean. But you got enough cushion. You know what I mean to kind of do that. Some teams have big enough leads where they can. You know kind of have a week where they fall off or a few days where they fall off and still, you know, be in first place, you know what I mean? Because you look at the Dodgers in this situation in the National League West, you know, um, did 12 games over the Colorado Rockets, you know? So um, what was a three and four, you know, situation going to do for them? You know what I mean? So it wasn't going to hurt them. It just meant the day, you know, they need to step their game up. So that was what's up with that as far as, you know, um, the Dodgers are concerned, man. But I mean, you know, at the halfway point, um, the Minnesota Twins. I think you know they only had two All Stars, which is crazy. You know, they, a lot of people are sleeping on the Twins, and I'm really interested what's going to happen come October and playoff time. You know, you know, what the Minnesota Twins are going to do because I talked about them all season. I talked about the Minnesota Twins before the season started. You know what I mean? And if um, you know, won over 50 games, I think you know. Um, you know, Eddie Rosario, and, and who's, who's injured right now, but it's, it's okay. He's doing, you know, he's had a great season. Max Kepler and Jose Berrios, you know what I mean? They, they, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't get at least a look for the All-Star team, you know? Um, and the Astros, you know, having uh, six All-Stars on their team, and none of them named Jose Altuve. It's crazy. You know what I mean? But um, it is what it is, you know? It is what it is. The Atlanta Braves, you know, they won 20 games in the month of June and did their thing. You know, I picked them to win the National League East. So, I mean, the teams that I, you know, kind of messed with and picked before the season started, you know, played up the expectations right now, you know what I mean? You know, of course, teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, they won 90 games last year, so you had to give them a little respect. But I think their situation, you know, is more about, uh, what happens off the field, man, with the Montreal talk and, and all of that. But I think it's a great ball club, man. They, they're, you know, on their way to winning, you know, over 50 games. Maybe they can get it before the break. But, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, they're going to do what they need to do, man. Blake Snell, you know, he hasn't really pitched all that well this season, um, especially in the month of June. But um, he did have a, a, a nice squad. start started his last time out with 12 strikeouts. So I think that, um, you know, he could, he, he's about to you know, see some better days. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I talked about them. You know, I like them. You know, I picked them to win the National League Central. Um, I think that, they, you know, being seven games over 500 is kind of, you know, um, not really where I, I wanted them to be or saw them at. Um, I think, you know, they should be a team that has at least 50 wins. But, um, you know, they got seven road games before the All-Star break, you know. And um, I think, you know, they have an under 500 record on the road up to this point. So I think this is an important part of the season for the Milwaukee Brewers in, in regards to, you know, getting a push-off for the second half because um, teams like the Chicago Cubs are right there, you know, even though the Cubs have gone three weeks without winning the series, you know. Um, and the only reason they did tied for first place is that the Brewers and the Cardinals have been two – You know, they haven't been able to take advantage, you know, and somebody needs to get, you know, get it together. You know what I mean? So um, who's it going to be? The Cubs, Cardinals, or the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, you know? Um, The Boston Red Sox, you know, a lot of people talking about they get their thing together. They got six road games before the break. Um, But I think that the Red Sox, you know, actually are playing better on the road than at home. You know, and I think they're playing two bad teams in Toronto and Detroit. So I think they got a real chance to, you know, hit the, hit, hit the all-star break, feeling pretty good about themselves. And um, they're going to have to really try to get it together because the Yankees are not you know, not going to wait for them. You know, um, San Diego Padres, you know, Manny Machado doing his numbers right now. He's the how they they're, You Center know, doing his thing. You know, Fernando Tatis is still doing his thing. Um, the guy, Fred Reyes, 24 home runs. You know what I mean? And 100 runs for two. So I think the Padres, man, but they're still at 500. So for all that excitement that they bring to the table, and Manny Machado does make them better. You know what I mean. Regardless, it's still a 500 team. So you know you, you, it is what it is. So you really can't jump out the window when it comes to the San Diego Padres. They're going to be better, but you know they're only at 500 now. And, and look at what they're doing. Imagine if they can win some games. You know what I mean. So that's that's what that is as far as uh, the MLB is concerned. Man, the All Star Game. Coming up next Tuesday night, man, um, a lot of things, you know, looking kind of suspect. I mean, it's not your so usual. To me, it's not the so usual All-Star game. A lot of, you know, new faces and stuff, and I'm not mad at that. You know what I mean? But, um, again, there's, there's some, you know, big you know, snubs. Many Machado is not going to make the All-Star team. You know what I mean? For the National League, it's, it's kind of crazy. I think um, uh, Bryce Harper was left off the All-Star game, you know, that roster for the National League, which is kind of crazy. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I'm just saying, man. I, I mean, I'm not surprised at Bryce Harper. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, you got guys that have had or are having, you know, great seasons. You know, Cody Bellinger for the Dodgers. You know, Christian is doing his numbers. Look at Ronald Acuna for Junior from the Atlanta Braves. You know, um, you know, David Dahl from the Rockies and Charlie Black, you know, for Colorado. So they're doing their numbers, man. So, um, you know, Bryce Harper not being there is oh well, you know. And even, you know, Manny Machado not, you know, making the um, National League All-Star team. I'm not surprised and I'm not upset, you know, because look at, you know, in his competition, you know, at third base, Nolan Arenado, you know. Um, then they got Anthony Rendon, too. <laughs> two guys from um, uh, Rendon from the Nationals and Arenado from Colorado, the Rockies, are definitely deserving of the spot. And then Chris Bryant. You know what I mean? Now, if there's any you know spot where you want to nitpick at, I would probably say, you know, Chris Chris Bryant's spot. But it is what it is, man. All of those guys are deserving, man. So for the National League, their starters are going to be um, Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs behind the plate, Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves, at first base, he's one of my favorite players, if you follow me. Ketel um, Marte from the Arizona Diamondbacks will be at, at second base. Um, his first, making his first all-star appearance. Javi Baez from the Chicago Cubs will be at shortstop, making his second appearance. Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies will be at third base. Uh, Christian Yelich will be in right field, representing the Milwaukee Brewers. Cody Bellinger will be in left field, representing the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Ronald Acuna Jr. representing the Atlanta Braves, making his first all-star appearance representing the Atlanta Braves. Um, the National League Reserves, I mean, you know, he has Monty Grandal from the Brewers behind the plate. Will from the Phillies. Josh Bell, who just uh, I think he hit three home runs the other night. Uh, Pete Alonso having a great season for the Mets. Jeff McNeil, likewise. Mike Moustakis from the Brewers doing his numbers. Uh, Paul DeYoung from the St. Louis Cardinals doing his thing. Trevor Story, you can't leave him out. You know what I mean? Colorado Rockies is a shortstop. Anthony Rendon, representing for the Washington Nationals. We talked about Chris Bryant, David Dahl, and uh, Charlie Charlie Blackman, representing the Colorado Rockies. Um, The National League pitchers, I mean, you know, Soroka having a nice season for the Braves. You got DeGrom for the Mets. You know what I mean? Um, Max Scherzer was having a great year for the Nationals. Clayton Kershaw. Um, you know, Giroux from the Dodgers, Walker Bueller from the Dodgers, uh, Grake from the Diamondbacks, um, you know, Josh Hader from the Brewers was not having the year that, you know, he was having last year. And so, um, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, you know, you're not gonna get the guys that you wanna get all the time, but this is what it is. It's a new day and you wanna see some new faces in the all star game. But American League, man, um, their starters, Gary Sanchez is gonna start behind the plate of the New York Yankees, Carlos Santana at first base for the Cleveland Indians, his first all-star game. Um, DJ LeMahieu at second base for the New York Yankees. He's um, in the running for the American League MVP, if you ask me. Um, Jorge Polanco from the Minnesota Twins at shortstop, making his first all-star appearance. Alex Bregman at third base for the Houston Astros, doing his thing. man. Also an MVP candidate, Mike Trout um, from the Los Angeles Angels. Doing his thing. George Springer will start in the outfield representing Houston Astros. And Michael Branton representing Houston Astros will start in the outfield for the American League. Hunter Pence from the Texas Rangers is going to be the designated hitter. And uh, he's the early you know, runaway winner for the uh, Comeback Player of the Year award, man. So, again, man, shout out to Hunter Pence. Um, the reserves from the American League, James McCann behind the plate representing the Chicago White Sox. Jose Abreu representing the White Sox at first base. Tommy Westella representing the the LA Angels. Uh, Francisco Lindor, he made the team representing Cleveland. He was was injured earlier in the season. Uh, He's still my favorite shortstop in the league, Francisco Lindor. Matt Chapman representing the Oakland A's at third base. The outfield consists of Mookie Betts from Boston. Austin Meadows from Tampa. Joey Gallo from the Texas Rangers. With Merrifield is going to slash between the outfield and second base. He represents the Kansas City Royals. JD Martinez designated hitter and Daniel Vogelbach representing the Seattle Mariners also will be in the DH spot. Um, American League pitchers, man, Um, you know, look at this and wow, you look at it's like a lot of guys missing, but. You got to do what you got to do. Justin Verlander from the Astros, Garrett Cole from the Astros, Gianlito from the Chicago White Sox, Mike Miner. These guys are having great seasons, so they deserve the spot. Um, Jake Odorizzi from the Minnesota Twins, Marcus Stroman from the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, John Means from the Baltimore Orioles, Charlie Morton from Tampa Bay, Ryan Presley from the Houston Astros, Shane Green from Detroit, and uh, Brad Hand from the Cleveland Indians, and the back of the bullpen, Araldus Chapman from the New York Yankees. you know, I I feel like this game is gonna be um maybe low scoring, because a lot of these all star games you expect them to be a lot of offense in them and they're usually three to two or you know, four to three or something like that. A lot of young talent in the game. But I think that um it's gonna it's gonna make for a good game, man, and I'm looking forward to it. because You know what it is, man. Next Tuesday we'll be in the building. All right, and um do our little play by play thing. That's how we give it up. But right now, we're going to take a pause because this is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. sideline pass, and we're doing what we do right now. Um, Yankees still lead the New York Mets 2 to nothing in the top of the sixth inning at Citi Field. All right, we're going to take a pause because we come back to North football, all right? After further review, you're your city.
3: is open daily ride the wave into cool summertime family fun from the lazy lagoon to the dragon slide the new wave pool to the dive of the avalanche there's something for everyone purchase your season pass now for only $63.95 includes daily admission locker and tube discounts special meal deals and one free day pass order online at waterworkspark.com
4: your summertime happy place is waterworks park the coolest place in Ready.
1: My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good.
2: If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com.
5: Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you are an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic related products, services and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic, so visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together, we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions.
6: to becoming a professional wrestler. Then what are you waiting for? Join the PCW Work Farm now. Quality instructors, live monthly shows, classes every Wednesdays and Sundays, and with the most affordable rates in the United States, PCW has been Northern California's number one force in sports entertainment for the last 17 years. Pro Championship Wrestling, because it's time.
7: Ski's Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880, located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Ski's 863-294-5630, sales, service, estimates and reasonable rate that's 863-294-5630 for skis, watch and clock.
5: Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime, Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography.
8: This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time.
4: One, two, three.
8: Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com.
0: Bung We in the building. Still in the building, man. We ain't going to win. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Ceylon Pass, man. Um, Checking me out live and direct, man. Action VR Network, courtesy of Mixer.com. Um We're not going for the spot, man. So we're about to jet over to Spreaker. So uh, make sure you follow us and make sure you keep um, up on what's going on. And um, you go check me out, man, on Spreaker. After further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Siren Pass. All right, so shout out to you know mixer dot you know Action Real Network, you know what I mean, and you know everything is everything, but we got to do what we got to do. So we're in the building right now, live and direct Tuesday night live after further review two aka the Siren Pass. You have the mayor in the building. Get at me on Twitter at rm desk left handed. I'm in the building doing what I do, man. Because I love to do this, man. So I appreciate y'all to check me out, man. I appreciate the feedback. Shout out to my man, um, my man uh, Sherlock on Twitter. You know what I mean? A lot of people get at me, ask me questions. And that's cool. I dig it. That's, that's, that's what's up, man. The interaction, the squad, they keep me on my toes. I, um, we have got to trust the football tonight, man, real quick. Um, NFC West, AFC West, we're going to start off with the NFC West, man. Um, I think the San Francisco 49ers, man. Um, they have to really, um, worry about a couple of things. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, his 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 uh, start last season wasn't really what they expected, you know, as compared to what he did in the in the final games of 2017. Um, remember when he got hurt in week three? Um, he did complete over 59 percent of his passes, um, five touchdowns and three interceptions. But um, I think you know Garoppolo now has had eight starts and two full off seasons to pick up Kyle Shanahan's offense. So. Um, you know, I think you know most of the Forty Niners' issues it came to not being able to score in the red zone. You know what I mean, and the, the inability to limit turnovers. So um, they got to you know make it happen, man. Garoppolo's got to really step up his game, and the defense of the 49ers has to generate turnovers. They managed just seven takeaways on defense last year, so they got to do that. And um, another issue was their inability to affect the quarterback. No pass rush, especially off the edge. You know what I mean? So. Again, um, they gave quarterbacks a, a, a lot of time to kind of sit back in the pocket and pick that secondary apart. So um, I think a major priority for San Francisco is that they have to get pressure on the, on the passer, man. And um, a proven in the takeaway category could, you know, add up to you know about two or three wins, you know, alone for, for San Francisco. Um, they got to get somebody else besides George Kittle to, to to catch passes. You know, he set a record for tight ends with 1,379 receiving yards last year. All right. But I think the big problem with that is he, he, he accounted for over 35% of uh, San Francisco's receiving yards. Okay, um, Kendrick Bourne, who's a wide receiver, had the second-highest total on the team with 487 yards. So I think that the 49ers, you know, they, they really need playmakers to kind of like help, you know, George Kittle out in that offense and make it do, you know, and let it let it improve. Um, the 49ers schedule, you know, um, the easiest stretch of the schedule for the 49ers in the upcoming season is the first two weeks of the season. They play Tampa Bay in week one and they played Cincinnati in week two. So again, um, you know, um, I think that, you know, the bad thing might be for as far as the 49ers as, you know, their schedule as, you know, when they play on the East coast, is not all that good. So even though you're playing on the road in Tampa and Cincinnati, so again, um, it might not be such a good thing for the 49ers. Um, they, they, they have a really, really, really crazy schedule over the final six weeks of the season. Um, it'll start four days before Thanksgiving. They got Green Bay, all uh, right, week 12, all right. Then they got at Baltimore, week 13, at New Orleans, week 14, and home Atlanta, week 15, home the Rams, week 16, and at Seattle, week 17. So um, if they don't even think about having any playoff aspirations, Joe, you know, they're going to have to have themselves in a good position by the time, you know, uh, week 12 goes along because it gets no easier. You know what I mean? It gets definitely harder. We'll see what the San Francisco 49ers are made up. Um, Los Angeles Rams, man. The Rams, you know, Super Bowl Rams from last year, you know, even though they really did not show up, and you hate to say that about a team in the Super Bowl because that's what you, that's what you showed up to get to the Super Bowl, but she didn't show up in the game. But um, I think, you know, it, it's cool. I think, you know, now they got a taste of that and, you know, some reality, you know, that, you know, even though they're the best team or one of the best teams in the NFC, um, things can happen and you have to kind of like, you know, be out there and, 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 you know, show and prove who you are. And I think that's when the Rams did it and they got a lot of help from the referees in the NFC championship game, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't uh, culminate in the Super Bowl title. Um you know, I think um they had a fourteen year streak. Okay, they ended without a winning season. I right? last year they gave the Rams his first Super Bowl run in thirty five years. Um again, like I just said, man, they you know, they did everything they needed to do to get there, but they just didn't finish the job. Um will the offensive line take a step back? I, I think that um this offensive line improved from one of the league's worst to one of its best, the Andrew Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan, you know what I mean? And I think that, um, you know, Roger Sappho, again, I think, you know, he left to go to Tennessee. He signed a four-year, $44 million contract, but I think that their offensive line is going to be okay. You know what I mean? Um, they didn't add to any of their, um, to their depth, you know, during the draft. You know what I mean? Um, they, they drafted Bobby Evans, a tackle of Oklahoma, and David Edwards in um, Wisconsin in the fifth round on the play on that, the outside of their offensive line. Um Jared Goff, is he gonna w work, worth playing for his extension? You know? Um he's under contract through 2020, But um the Rams, you know, they might you know they might want to negotiate a deal now. And I think that depends on, you know, what you know, which you know, Jared Goff are we gonna see. You know, um you know, I think that, you know, did we see the real Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. You know? Cause again, uh, a lot of people kind of still the, the jury's still out on on Jerry Goff. But um, as far as the Rams' schedule is concerned, um, you know, the the, the, la- the last two weeks of the season, the Rams play. You know, they, they go to San Francisco at week 16, and then they play at home against the Cardinals at week 17. Um, I think that you know McVay's you know Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, is uh, probably happy. Because, you know, last year, you know, went 4-0 against those teams. You know what I mean? So, again, um, those, you know, those games right there probably be helpful to the Rams in, in, in making a playoff run or a home field advantage in the NFC. Um, I think they better get some rest during their bye week. Because um, coming out of the week nine bye for the Rams, they go to Pittsburgh week 10. They play home against the Chicago Bears week 11 home against the Baltimore Ravens on a Monday night week 12, you know, at, Saint, at Arizona on week 13, okay, and home Seattle week 14. So um, those are not just three teams that made the playoffs last year, but three of those games will be played in prime time. So the upside of that for the Rams is, you know, all three of those games will be at the Coliseum. And uh, again, you know, they'll probably get, you know, a breather when they play uh, Arizona in week 13. So um, you know, the NFC West is going to be what it is, man. You know, you've got to figure out, you know, a team that, um, won the, you know, won the NFC, champ- won the NFC championship, went to the Super Bowl, did their thing. There's a couple of tough teams in the NFC West that are on to come up and then there's a couple of teams that still have to figure it out and try to get it together. But, um, as far as the Arizona Cardinals are concerned, um, I think this year right here, they're, they're going to, you know, look to shake up the league, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Steve works is gone just after one year as a head coach. They brought in cliff Kingsbury. Um, and I think that, you know, they think of him as one of the top offensive minds in all of football. Um, they drafted Kyler Murray, number one, the Heisman trophy winner out of Oklahoma with the first pick of the draft. They traded Josh Rosen during the draft to Miami. Um, you know, the Cardinals collected three wide receivers in the draft. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is back for his 16th year. Um, Christian Kirk is likely going to see a bigger role after he missed the end of his rookie season with a foot injury. Um, again, man, I think the Cardinals, man, you know, people, some people say they're sleeping on them, but we're still going to find out, man. But, um, they have to figure out what's going on with their offensive line. All right. Because they really didn't address those issues in the draft, but, um, they have some starters coming back from injury and free agency. Um, the depth chart is, you know, really not, you know, nothing to be alarmed about. Um, I think the Cardinals, you know, need to do their thing, man. In the offensive line, they're going to protect Kyler Murray. That's definitely, you know, um, they had Mason Cole. He played all 16 games last year. You know what I mean? Um, doing his numbers um, in the middle. Um, and A.Q. Shipley, who, who tore his ACL during training camp, Cole's going to probably, like, ship, ship to the uh, offensive guard if he's needed. You know what I mean? Um, Jordan Pugh, He got to stay healthy for that offensive line. All that's got to happen to protect Kyler Murray. Definitely. You know, um, you know, David Johnson came back to his 2016 form. We had over 1200 yards, 879 receiving yards and 20 touchdowns. Get him back in the situation. I think that'll take a lot of pressure off of Kyler Murray. Um, the Arizona Cardinals for their defense, they have to step it up. They got to really step it up, man. Um, you know, the Patrick Peterson thing notwithstanding, they got to make some noise, man. um, They drafted, you know, Byron Murphy at corner, you know what I mean, after they signed Robert Alford, you know what I mean, to help that secondary out. And, um, again, if the Arizona Cardinals are going to be right, they're going to have to definitely, you know, be right on defense because, you know, it'll help. You know what I'm saying? Um, There's not any really easy stretches on the Arizona schedule, but um, they'll get to play three straight games against teams who struggled last year. And that starts in week five. They play – at the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I believe, week five, um, home against Atlanta and at the New York Giants. So the only problem with that is that Arizona has to play two of those games, two or three of those games on the road. You know what I mean? So, again, um, it, it, it might be a problem for a team that's finished the season with a winning road record only one time over the past nine years. So they got, you know, they they have to have to worry about um, a tough stretch coming up for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, it's a good chance that, you know, They'll probably go like you know six and ten, you know what I mean. Looking at you know at at, at a best case scenario for Arizona, um, their roughest stretch of the season is going to come at the you know end of the season. Uh, they they have a bye in week twelve. Okay, they're going to get the Rams or week thirteen, at home. They're going to get the Steelers at home week fourteen. They're going to get uh, Cleveland Browns at home week fifteen, and then they go to Seattle week sixteen the Rams week 17. So I think that, you know, um, the Arizona Cardinals, unless they're really, 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 really good, once they hit that stretch, and that means that Kyle Murray is doing his numbers, um, the Cardinals are going to be in some trouble. And I, and I think 6-10 is, is putting it mildly for them. And that's just my early look. And I don't really even look at, you know, schedules and, and, and records and things like that. They're just still a little early. You got to get some exhibition games going in, and we'll definitely have, the NFL preview pocket for you. Um, but I think that um, the Cardinals are just one or two teams in the NFL. They're going to go an entire calendar month without playing a home game. All right? Jacksonville is the other team that's going to go an entire calendar month without playing a home game. But that still doesn't compare to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not having a home game from week three until week 10. That, you know, that doesn't compare. But um, it is what it is, man. We're talking football right now. After further review, 2.0. AKA the sideline packs. Get at me. nine five four two four six zero three nine eight 398 is the math. Or you just hang out and listen because I know how to chop it up. You know what I mean? And I like talking about it. So we can definitely get it in. All right. Um, Seattle Seahawks, man. That deal that Russell Wilson got is, you know, 140 million, four years. Um, it's going to be difficult for, you know, Seattle to kind of like, you know, fill other spots on the team. Um, they're going to have to, you know, deal with, you know, replacing Doug Baldwin, um, you know, and, and, and again, that, that hurts. So again, um, you know, Russell Wilson is still going to have this choice of new weapons because um, Seattle did pick up three wide receivers in the draft for the first time since 1981, they got DK Metcalf, Gary Jennings, Jr. John Ursula and their um, rookie undrafted free agent, Jazz Ferguson. So, Again, man, um, they're going to have to develop with Russell Wilson to give him some targets to throw to. Um, yeah, $140 million for four years for Russell Wilson, man. Um, I think that, you know, Seattle had to you know, make some moves to kind of like keep you know, Russell Wilson. They traded you know Frank Clark to Kansas City. All right, they still got to figure out how they're going to extend Bobby Wagner and Darren Reed. Um, again, you know, you got to, you know, take care of the quarterback. And I think that's what, you know, Seattle Seahawks call themselves doing. Um, LJ Collier, um, the uh, defensive end from TCU, he's going to be um, you know, counted upon to take um, up the slack from the department of Frank Clark, okay? Um, you know, Seattle selected one defensive end this year, and I think that, um, you know, they're going to do what they need to do. You know what I mean? I think, you know, Pete Carroll and those guys know what they're doing. And um, I think they'll probably be a playoff team. But um, as far as winning the division, I don't know. So I think it's going to be a scramble for them to, um, you know, be competitive in that NFC when it comes to the wildfire race. Um, I think that if the NFC West title comes down to the wire um, this year, um, which would be a little bit of a surprise, but then again, uh, you know, that means that the Rams will have have fallen back and everybody else will have improved. It will definitely be an advantage for Seattle because they'll be closing the season with two games that they're supposed to win. They play um, Arizona Week 16, the 49ers um, Week 17, close the year out. They get to play both of those games at home, okay? Um, Making them just one of five teams in the NFL this year, they get to finish the season with two straight games at home. So, again, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, that it works out, but only if, you know, the uh, division race is close. You know what I mean? And Seattle has those two games. They still have to finish the job. Um, The Seahawks have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL, but um, I think that, you know, they're not going to be able to, you know, uh, take advantage of that from November the 3rd until December the 21st. Seattle is only going to play one home game, all right? And they'll be playing four out of five games on the road. Uh, That stretch starts at week 10, and uh, they play at San Francisco, then they have a bye, then they play at Philadelphia, home Minnesota, at the Rams, at the Panthers. So, again, um, every one of those games will be in prime time, except for the one at um, Carolina. Um, again, you know, Seattle, you know, you got to look at them on the road the past three years. You're just 12, 11, and 1. So, again, this could be a rough stretch for the Seahawks, and it'll be something to pay attention to. Um, you know, the Seahawks right now, as things look in the schedule before they flex things out, um, the Seahawks are going to be the only team in the NFL that play four straight games in prime time. They play on a Monday night in week 10 against the 49ers. They take a bye in week 11. They play on Sunday night, in week 12 at Philadelphia, Monday night, week 13 against the Vikings and Sunday night, week 14 at the Rams. So, again, um, you know, teams like the Cowboys or you know the Patriots or the Rams or the Vikings or the Steelers could also uh, join that four-straight primetime club, and uh, we'll see what happens on that. Um, that's what it is, man. So as far as the um, NFC West is concerned, we're going to flip to the AFC West and um, talk about a couple of other things before we get up out of here, man. This is after the review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You already know what it is, man. Um, The AFC West. You know, the AFC West is a division that, uh, you know, a lot of teams are, you know, trying to to, to win. A lot of teams want to win. But then again, it's like, who wants to win that division? You, You know, you got a resurgent team in the Kansas City Chiefs. You got a Denver Broncos team out there, a recent Super Bowl champion. You got San Diego Chargers always on the cusp. Then you got you know a team like the Oakland Raiders that are trying to figure it out. They made some big moves this season. So what is the, N- the AFC West going to actually, actually look like? Um, I'm going to give a little, a little preview of the preview. You know what I mean? Because we want to talk some football, so I'm going to get your mouth watered with a little football talk. Let's start with the Denver Broncos and the AFC West. Um, Joe Flacco, the Broncos traded their fourth-round draft pick. Baltimore to get Flacco. <coughs> Excuse me. Then they drafted Drew Locke <coughs> in the second round in the draft in April. Um, I just think, you know, Flacco's the starter for right now. Flacco's got to show up. That's the big part. You know what I mean? I, I can't you know imagine him starting slow like he did last year, even though he had a hip injury in the middle of last season and he lost his job to Lamar Jackson. Um, again, this is a new environment for him. You know what I mean. So that shows that Elway, you know, trusted him and, and enough to to pick him up. And um, I think that Flacco, if he wants to prove that he's still uh, a good quarterback, then he, you know, he has a chance out here in Denver to do some things. Um, will Emmanuel Sanders be healthy by Week One? Uh, remember, Sanders had a Achilles injury last December. Um, hopefully, that he said he'll be back in time for the opener on September 9th against the Raiders. Um, I think, you know, the Broncos did a great thing, too, in their first round, They draft. They drafted Noah Fant from Iowa, a tight end. I think he's going to help uh, Joe Flacco out and, and, and help him as far as, you know, protection and help him out in the pass game because he can't catch the passes. Um, you know what? Font is going is, is to make it happen, you know, offensively. I think he's going to be uh, a, 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 a big a big part of what Denver does even though he has to improve as a route runner and a blocker, but I think his speed is unique, okay? And, again, you know, he can use him as, you know, the history with the Denver Broncos and tight ends. So, again, I think Noah Font can definitely be that next guy for the Denver Broncos as far as, you know, uh, tight ends are concerned. And, and they've had some great ones over the years. You already know that as far as the Denver Broncos are concerned, man. Um, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, um, everybody's been looking at them to get to the Super Bowl the last couple of years. Um, They actually should have beat New England in the AFC Championship game. They really should have. You know, but it was a a bad penalty and a couple of other things that didn't go in their favor and, you know, they didn't uh, make it to the Super Bowl. 12-4 was their record last year. Um, I think that worrying about Tyreek Hill in this situation right now is not going to do them any good. I think they just have to, you know, either accept the fact that he's not going to be there and move on or, you know, kind of like just, you know, not hold the position open for him, but just kind of like right now he's not there. So he's not there. So I think that everybody on the offensive side of the ball is going to be asked to do a little bit more. Um, You know, their running backs might be, you know, asked to catch a a few extra passes. You know what I mean? Veteran receiver Sammy Watkins, you know, Demarcus Robinson might be asked to do more. Uh, Travis Kelsey is definitely going to get more targets. And Patrick Mahomes, you know what I mean? He's going to have, you know, more um, on his plate as as well. So, again, man, um, I think a big change in in what Kansas City is going to do in 2019. Um, The defensive coaching staff, you know, um, Steve Spagnuolo is going to try to, you know, make this defensive unit unit, uh, for Kansas City respectable. Um, You know, Brandon Daly, Dave Merritt, Sam Madison, those guys are going to, you know, try to help solidify that defense, man. And uh, better coaching can you know take a team a long way on the defensive side of the ball because we saw that last year, man. I just I still kind of you know when it, when I think about it, it, it kind of irks me, man. That you know get caught out there in a, a neutral zone infraction in one of the biggest plays of your life, but um, it happens, man. So um, shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs, man. They're gonna you know do what they need to do as far as trying to um, get back to the AFC Championship game and and move. Uh, Along to the Super Bowl, um, the Los Angeles Chargers, man. Um, twelve and four, they went to New England. You know, didn't show up in the playoffs. You know, it's become a usual story for the Los Angeles Chargers, even though you know their offensive line was doing their numbers, but they struggled towards the end of the season. Um, you know, when the games really mattered, uh, particularly Dan Feeney on the left guard and, and right tackle Sam Tebby. But, again, man, um, a lot of people thought that this team was going to address that problem with free agency, you know. But, um, again, they waited to the draft. They selected um, Trey Pipkins, okay, in the third round from Sioux Falls. Um, again, I-, I don't know what they were thinking. And it's really, you know, crazy if you draft somebody in the third round and, you know, Matt um, think that he's going to you know, have a chance to start. Um, they got to really figure out what they're going to do on the offensive line. Uh, you know, Anthony Lynn has said that you know everybody's had a chance to compete for a, a starting job. But, um, again, I think that's going to be a weak part of the Los Angeles Chargers, their offensive line, and that really needs to be uh, one of the pluses for that squad, being that you have Phillip Rivers back there at quarterback, so you've got to protect them. Um, who's going to step up in the absence of Tyrell Williams? All right? Um, he uh, left the team, and you know the Raiders picked him up. So with his departure, the number three receiver on the Los Angeles Chargers, the slot is wide open. Keenan Allen, you know what I mean? And Mike Williams, they have chances to kind of get more playing time. Travis Benjamin, uh, Tavis Scott, Jeremy Davis, those guys are going to be having an opportunity to fill Williams' shoes. But um, again, I think, you know, Travis Benjamin might have the um, advantage because of his experience. He really didn't produce last year when he had the opportunity. Um, I think, you know, he, he, he hasn't really been able to um, get those, those, those passes when, you know, when, when, when dependent on when needed. Um, Los Angeles is going to have to worry about their linebacker situation. Uh, Denzel Perriman, Kazir White, and DeTavis Brown were all lost for a good part of the season. Um, they did sign Thomas, Dr- Thomas Davis, and they drafted Drew Trey Quill from Notre Dame in the fourth round. And, um, again, you know, I think the Chargers are going to be one of those things um, this season, that might um, take a step back. You know, a lot of people have expectations for the Los Angeles Chargers, but I think that if they don't, you know, address that offensive line problem, that um, they're going to really take a step back, and uh, a couple of other teams might be um, ready to, uh, you know, take that position, especially as far as the wild card is concerned. You know? Um, Oakland Raiders. This um, team, Antonio Brown. You know, Bronte Burfik, Tyrell Williams. You know they, they they making some noise. You know, um, John Gruden, four and twelve, did make the playoffs. It is what it is. They traded away Khalil Match. You know what I mean. And uh, the proof was in the pudding. They had thirteen sacks last year. All right. Um, they tried to upgrade the pass rush in the draft. They drafted Clon Farrell, the number one pick, number four pick, out of Clemson in the first round. Um, he's probably gonna start in the defensive end. He really really isn't that, you know, overly dynamic as a pass rusher, but he has the intelligence to kinda like, you know, produce right away. Um, Arden Key is gonna probably be the opposite of uh Ferrell. Um he had one sack last year, ten starts. So definitely they've gotta, you know, set their game up, the defensive line and the and, and the pass rush for the Oakland Raiders. Um I really didn't think that Derek Carr would still be an Oakland Raider at this point. You know, um, John Gruden and Mike Mayotte, you know, the general manager, have said, you know, all the, you know, positive things about Derek Carr, but that doesn't really mean that they're sold on him, you know, going forward. I think that uh, even though Derek Carr was solid last year, you know what I mean, 69% of his passes, um, I think he was kind of hesitant to throw the ball downfield last year. And he just kind of like was looking for his, you know, his, um, his under, you know, his under, you know, his looks, his, he's going through his process. He's going through his check downs. He's looking for his check downs. And, um, that didn't really help the offense stretch the field. So again, I think that, um, they had their receiver core. They got Antonio Brown to, to, to work some things out. So now, um, You know, Derek Derek Carr's got to show and prove now. He's got to get Antonio Brown and those guys to to football. So, again, man, um, you know, now the question is, is Derek Carr going to be the the Raiders quarterback when they get to Las Vegas? I have no idea at this point. I have no idea. But I think this season is going to have a lot to say about um, how that develops. Um, You know, one of the biggest moves of the offseason was, The Raiders traded for Antonio Brown. They just, you know, the Raiders just gave up a third and a fifth-round pick um, as he, you know, demanded a a trade from Pittsburgh. Um, You know, Antonio Brown last year, 104 passes, caught for 1,297 yards, 15 touchdowns. You know, how he's going to fit into what John Gruden wants to do with a West Coast offense is going to remain to be seen. Um, I think that the adjustment going from Ben Roethlisberger to Derek Carr is going to be very, very um, noticeable. But I think that, um, again, Carr has to get you know, um, Antonio Brown to football. Um, I think, you know, once you get past the drama, everything will be, you know, kind of all right as far as, you know, Antonio Brown and the Oakland Raiders are concerned. And to me right now, I think the Raiders could be a surprise. And when I say that, I don't mean they're going to win, you know, double digits in games, but I think they'll win more games than people give them credit for. All right? That's the NFC West and the AMC West. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We'll take a quick pause for the calls and come back. I got the three-minute three minute rant, and I got some other stuff I want to talk about real quick. All right. This is after Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, we got the mayor in the house pause for the call. season.
3: is open daily. Ride the wave into cool summertime family fun. From the Lazy Lagoon to the Dragon Slide, the new Wave Pool to the Dive of the Avalanche, there's something for everyone. Purchase your season pass now for only $63.95. Includes daily admission, locker and tube discounts, special meal deals, and one free day pass. Order online at waterworkspark.com.
4: Your summertime happy place is... Waterworks Park! The coolest place in Ready.
1: My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good.
2: If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com.
5: Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you are an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic related products, services and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.AquariumAuctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions.
6: Becoming a professional wrestler, then what are you waiting for? Join the PCW Work Farm now! Quality instructors, live monthly shows, classes every Wednesdays and Sundays, and with the most affordable rates in the United States, PCW has been Northern California's number one force in sports entertainment for the last 17 years. Pro Championship Wrestling, because it's time!
4: (laughs)
7: Ski's Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880, located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Ski's, 863-294-5630, sales, service, free estimates and reasonable rate that's 863-294-5630 for skis, watch and clock. Do
5: you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime, Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography.
8: This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time.
4: One, two, three.
8: Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at meWe.com.
0: back in the building you already know what it is man after further review 2.0 aka the sideline pass man you got the mayor in the building holding it down man um everybody's about to enjoy those festivities i hope you be safe and all of that the fireworks and how you get down and celebrate the uh fourth of july and all that do what you do um we talked a lot of stuff tonight man you know what i mean nba the free agency and all that you know the um, deals, the free agents deals, and the trades and things of that nature will be um, finalized on July the 6. So that's when the moratorium is over, and to me, that's the best part. You know what I mean? Because somebody, you know, still change. You can still change your mind. Ask Carlos Boozer. You know what I'm saying? So again, you know, it really adds up to nothing. But uh, we'll see. All the all the deals become official. Um, WNBA, excuse me. Um, they get ready to you know have their um, All Star game and all of that, man. And again, if you don't watch the WNBA, that's too bad for you, you know, because I I like the WNBA. Um, It does its thing, you know what I mean, as far as, you know, um, the pay equity thing I'm not going to get into because to me it's real simple. You know, you have to establish a league, and, and yeah, they still have to establish their league, you know what I mean? So, again, um, I'm not going to get into what they should make or what they shouldn't make. I just think that they should keep on, you know, being an outlet, you know what I mean, inspiration, you know what I mean? And, again, those days are going to come where, you know, you get more money and um, the accommodations are better and stuff like that. But I think that still comes in time. It's still a young league, even though 23 years is a long time. But still, I think that, you know, the WNBA has something to, to do. And um, I think that people would agree, you know what I'm saying? But not to a point where they, you know, should be uh, ignored. You know what I'm saying? But at this state that right now, you know, let the league grow. It's growing at least in bounds, man. So, again, I think that that's a great thing for the league and let the WNBA, you know, um, you know, continue to do what it does. And I think that um, nobody really does um, what the WNBA does, and that's where they keep a consistent um, fan base. You know what I mean? Um, you know, they, they have people interested in the league, and um, it just is what it is, man, as far as You know, um, trying to gauge interest and and keep the interest, man. It's it's, it's just something to do um, for the summertime and how, you know, some of these professional women players can, you know, earn income, you know what I mean? And and hopefully you can kind of keep them on this side. And because, you know, they have to, you know, some of them supplement their income, you know, by playing overseas and whatnot. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that you're going to have to have, you know, more of a commitment from the league as a whole. And I think if once you get that, you get more of a commitment from the, um, the, the, the the star players and the players as a whole. You know what I mean. So again, um, you know, you you have uh, Brianna Stewart. We talked about her. She's out for the year. She tore her knee up. You know, playing overseas. So again, um, and I think that that's affected the Seattle Storm. They're eight and six. I'm still holding down fourth the fourth spot in the WNBA. But I think that you know they could you know be be better. Um, they you know three or five on the road, and I think that speaks to you know them not being able to have that cohesiveness, and 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 having Brianna Stewart on the court um, certainly will help. Um, another team I'm surprised at right now, the Las Vegas Aces. I think they should be doing, you know, they're on a two game winning streak right now, but still, man, um, eight and five. You know, I, I, you know, I think that after 13 games, I would have had them, you know, with a better record than eight and five. Um, I think, you know, it is what it is, man. They played like a third of the season, getting ready for the all-star game. I think Elena Delatown is leading the, um, the vote getters as far as that's concerned. She plays for the Washington Mystics, who are the number one team in the league right now, five game winning streak, They're eight and two in their last 10. And, um, you know, Washington has a good team, man. But again, um, you know, we've only, you know, um, entered a third of the season as far as the WNBA is concerned. And anything can happen, man. So, again, pay attention to that. Um, this is After Further Review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Um, we're going to do what we do before we get up out of here for a Tuesday night. Once again, i like to thank my man, Wackle Bob, for holding me down. Um, and stay tuned because we're making a move over to um, Spreaker. All right? So, that's what that is. Um, the three-minute rant. We're going to, you know, do a little thing right now i'm gonna have a um you know it's gonna start right now man i'm gonna talk about uh tyler skaggs a little bit um player who passed away uh yesterday morning in this hotel room at age 27 pitcher for the los angeles angels um you know that, to me wow well, it's every you know every couple of years we get you know a pitcher or, you know someone that you know passes away and in in uh, you know circumstances that are you know we we don't know we don't know what they are and um you know the, just the point supporting the path of, of of a youngster passing away is is kind of is, is crazy but um hopefully that you know um the angels can continue to do their thing you know what I mean honor Tyra Skaggs um and and again any time that you know a death happens man you know it affects you know um, everything. It affects everything. You know what I mean? And I think that, um, you know, guys like Patrick Corbin, who plays for Washington, you know, has to, you know, now think about his friend, you know what I mean? And, 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 and choose to honor him, um, the way he chooses. But, um, again, man, it's, it's, it's sad to see, um, these young kids, man. Um, I remember, you know, Daryl Kyle, you know, St. Louis Cardinals when he passed away, you know, and you never know, you know what I mean? uh, uh uh, the kid Nick Eberhardt, um, I think he was a pitcher for the Angels. He pitched the game and and went out and, and, and was in an uh, automobile accident. And he you know, he passed away. So it's crazy, man. So you just gotta you know um, you know take life right for what it is, man. You know, speak to people, be nice to people. You know what I mean? Because you never know, man. You could you know wake up or not. You know what I'm saying? So again, man. Um, respect to the Los Angeles Angels. Respect to the family of. Um, Tyler Skaggs, man, and you know, I hope that they can find, you know, some, some, some comfort, man. You know what I'm saying? So, um, this so is that for the review, man. 2.0, aka the sideline pass. I'm about to get up out of here, yo. Shout out to my man, Wacko Bob, for holding me down. Shout out to the whole Action VR unit squad. You know what I mean? Um, we're going to be back at it again. All Star here next Tuesday night, so you know what it is. You know how to give it up. I'm going to do my play by play and all that. Um, yeah, man, we're moving over to Spreaker. So, um, that's going to be the new spot where you check us out. We got a couple more weeks to go over here. And um, this is going to be what it is, man. We're about to get up out of here. Um, catch me Monday nights. What about that game, California Radio? Tuesday nights, you know what it is. Um, Wednesdays, uh, no knockoffs radio, man. Wednesday night, shout out to the crew over there. hauling um, Fresh 125, Locker Bash in the unit over there. No knockoffs radio, that's where... You catch me rocking on Wednesday nights. Um, and that's pretty much about it, man. You know, I mean? um, you know what I do, all right? So shout out to y'all, man. Enjoy the rest of y'all summer. I will right, we'll be back at you next Tuesday night with some All-Star Game coverage. And um, we're going to finish it up with the NFC South. Get to talk about my Tampa Bay Buccaneers all right, and the uh, AFC South, all right? That's how we're going to give it up, man. I'm out. Black or Bob, turn out the lights, be.